I was using worthiness as if it was something we could or couldn't have. And my symptoms were a gauge of, of whether I was worthy or not, rather than like worthiness is not, it's not on a scale. Like we all born worthy and, and whole and that whole complete piece is essentially what we all being invited into in different ways for some of us that symptoms other people it'll be it'll look different but I certainly believe life is wanting to know that that's who we are like we are our essence at our core and all these things are invitations if we're willing to reframe them Welcome to Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, speak out, and be seen. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, women's empowerment mentor, mindfulness expert, and quantum self-love coach. Every week, you'll hear real and unfiltered stories from me and my guests covering topics around spirituality, self-expression, womanhood, healing, love, relationships, and more. My intention with this podcast is to help sensitive, spiritual, ambitious women fully step into their potential so that you can live a life you love with every cell and every fiber of your being. And I get that it's not easy to fit into a box. So I bring in a variety of topics to feed your multifaceted self. You can find me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe and info on where to find my guests are always going to be in the show notes below. I am so grateful that you're here and I invite you to now set an intention, sit back, relax, and receive what is coming through to you on your headphones right now. Take what resonates, leave out what doesn't, and give yourself time to reflect. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, speak out, and be seen. Today's guest is Laura Ricard. She is an HCPC registered dietitian, intuitive force, powerful space holder, and the founder of Marula Wellness. Her soul's work is supporting some of the most magical women in the world to cultivate a trusting relationship with their bodies so that they can reverse their polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, symptoms with reverence. Laura has PCOS herself, and she's been on a whole journey with that, which you'll hear about in this episode. And this journey has basically led her to a place where she's been able to explore the connection between her physical, energetic, and emotional worlds. In this conversation, we're going to be talking about leading life with the truth of your body first. We're going to talk about worthiness. We're going to talk about functional medicine, nutrition, Western medicine. You'll also hear Laura's story from being a clinical dietitian in Zimbabwe, where she's from. And also her personal story with PCOS and how that really influenced her work and what she does now. You're also going to hear about how Laura is not on social media. She chose to come off of social media a few years ago. So you're going to hear about why she decided that and how she is still able to run her business and book out her clients without being on Instagram. The best place to find Laura then, since she's not on social media, is her website, which is in the show notes. But before you click that, let's have a conversation with Laura and let's dive right in. (music) 
Well, thank you, Lara, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And let's start by you giving us an introduction to anyone who's listening about who you are and what you do. Cool. So I am Lara and Lara Ricard. And on paper, I'm a registered dietitian, um, specifically for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, taking more of a functional holistic approach, so essentially going as far upstream as possible to understand what's causing symptoms in the first place so we can go about addressing them. Um, how that's, that's evolved over time, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I've moved from just purely doing food and lifestyle and tasting and supplements into alongside all of those things, the energetics and emotional elements as well, because they, they tend to be further upstream than just mm-hmm. the tests and supplements. Um, yeah, that's, that's essentially what I do for now. So I'll leave it at that and then see where we go from there. And what was the like pivotal moment in your own life journey that led you to do this kind of work? Mm, cool. So I got my period when I was 13 and I had it for a handful of months and then I'd had I'd been through quite a traumatic well I lost my dad um, a, a couple of years before um, and that experience that was just my one of my first experiences of, of big grief as I was a child at the time I was 11 mm-hmm. and I just remember feeling yeah just deep grief of actually having lost someone and mm-hmm. um, and then when I, I ended up having to go to boarding school, I was, I'm from Zimbabwe. The political situation in the country at the time meant that I needed to leave the country um, in order to okay. go to school. And I did that. Um, and that experience of going to boarding school completely mirrored the experience of losing my dad um, because I was essentially losing my mom and losing my home. Um, I mean, they were still there obviously, but what that had looked like and, and what my sense of safety was just changed completely. So I'd had, I'd had my period for, as I say, like a handful of months and then that happened. And you got and, it like when you were away from home for the first time? No, I was at home still um, at okay. that point, um, but I had it, yeah, had it for a handful of months and then I left um, because it was kind of, yeah, just given as I said the political situation I needed we needed to um and then I didn't get it again for more than a decade and throughout that time there was a little bit wow. of concern when I was a teenager but it was mostly I don't worry like we'll just see what happens we'll see uh-huh. when you're in a, the standard approach for most gynecologists at the time were um or was if you um when you get to a certain age we'll put you on the pill and then when you want to have a baby um we'll give you some drugs for that and Mm. there was there was nothing beyond that so that was essentially my narrative alongside all of that I I got so with PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome they are classic um symptoms so it's essentially a combination of symptoms that leads to a diagnosis Um, and I was presenting with quite a few of those and one of them was um excess hair started growing uh, uh, where you know face chest belly mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I was a teenager 
that was alongside not having my period. And then in addition to that, I had extreme acne that just mm. was getting worse and worse and worse and not responding to any of the classic treatments. Um, I was in such high stress, though. I don't think I would have had capacity at that point and being a teenager then to take on board any of the food and lifestyle elements. I was just in the place at that time, which has completely shifted now, but it was in a place of, I just need to get rid of these. I just need them to stop. And they were, I was really kind of using them without being aware at the time of, of indicators of like whether I was worthy to exist in the world or not. And that was at quite a subconscious level. It's, it took me a long time to recognize that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was happening. And then I, at school got exposed to nutrition and just um, the like it just really excited me because I was like you just need you know with like um, micronutrients so like vitamins and minerals if we just have a little bit of that missing or um, added in like what a pivotal difference and what an amazing difference and potent difference that can make Mm-hmm. So it just used to excite, well, it did excite me a lot. Um, and from there, I went on to study dietetics, um, not really recognizing at the time the clinical side and element of it. So how clinical it was that I would be, you know, working in hospitals and with just quite extreme protocols and what have you. Mm, yeah. So I went on to university to study dietetics and it was, the clinical dietitians were of higher esteem than the other types of dietetics so basically what I'm doing now so I tried to squish myself into that like I really enjoyed it so that would be working in things like intensive care and surgery wards and Mm -hmm. extreme burn wounds and that kind of stuff and like again nutrition played such an amazing role in that but I Mm -hmm. tried to squish myself into being that even though it wasn't like truly what lit me up again I was like falling mm-hmm. into that okay, in order to be here and be worthy this is what I need to lean into mm-hmm. um so I had that at that point still didn't have my period um kind of was on the pill like, here and there but not not much and again like the pills just at that point wasn't addressing the so essentially with PCOS you don't ovulate and the mm-hmm. pill stops ovulation. So, oh, so it probably not, makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it can. It's, it's, I mean, like, I also want to respect, obviously, everyone has their own relationship with the pill. And um, so I don't okay. want to, okay. you know, yeah. cause judgment. All our bodies are different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I have some clients who that's what they choose to mm-hmm. use at that given time. Um, mm-hmm. And we work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not like there's zero judgment towards the pill itself. They are, you know, I just encourage anyone who does go down that route to really research and read into it because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, with it does have side effects for some people and th- that can absolutely make things worse. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I had, I was there and then came, moved from Zim to, from Zimbabwe to the UK. So I studied in South Africa, went back to Zimbabwe for a year, worked in hospitals there, worked, came to the UK to work in hospitals here um, and just was blown away because having worked in Zimbabwe 
it's very very resource limited we mm. you know basically working with nothing um to support mm. patients in the hospital and then here um i was expecting it to be this wonderful gold standard um like here's your beetroot juice and here's like for breakfast <laughs> and then that was not what it was at all <laughs> um, and it got to a point where yeah just the recommendations I was making I was like this doesn't make sense and this doesn't it doesn't feel like it's actually ultimately doing anything meaningful and that's not to say I mean Western medicine absolutely has its place and you know I'm so respectful and thankful for it when in certain instances um but in the way I was trying to support patients at the time it just I was like this doesn't feel aligned so that kind Mm -hmm. of crossroads with where where I was just looking even more deeply into my PCOS and like what can what can I do around this and what can I can make a meaningful difference and that's where I came across um functional medicine so that was essentially my pivotal moment Mm -hmm. of recognizing okay like how I live and what I eat really does make a significant difference and if all these things come together Mm -hmm. um there can be that shifting in the needle and and that's what I so I initially went into but then again as time went on so I got some some improvement in my symptoms but it was um really after that recognizing that actually being in relationship with my body Mm -hmm. and coming from a place of really 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 recognizing and having that respect and that reverence of like our symptoms aren't they're one of our body's ways of communicating with us they aren't Mm -hmm. if we allow them to be they can be deeper invitations to coming back to our whole true fullest selves as human beings Mm -hmm. Um, rather than just how can get rid of this as quickly as possible and that's not just you know with with western medicine that we often think oh that's just the western medicine approach of how can we get rid of this as fast as possible but I see it in the functional world too of like you know um, people wanting to take a upstream approach but still really being in that fear driven energy of make it stop make it stop make it stop mm-hmm. um, like something's wrong <laughs> yeah something's wrong with me and I'm broken and that's mm-hmm. that's the like you know really seeing in those teenage early 20s years of how yeah that was the narrative I was really operating out of of like something's broken with me and if mm-hmm. I don't or in me and if I don't fix this I can't exist in the world I'm like I'm not mm-hmm. worthy to be here and so that pivotal time really came with okay even with symptoms I can be in this trusting nourishing reverent relationship with my body and I'm I'm so worthy to exist mm-hmm. in this world and bring my gifts excuse <coughs> mm-hmm. me in fullness <laughs> to the world yeah mm-hmm. and that that narrative that you played as a child uh, growing up with your symptoms mm-hmm. is that what led to like you said when you were in school you saw the clinical dietitians of like that they were like held to higher regard and you felt like you needed to be like them too is is that what led to that as well I think to some extent for sure I think there was this yeah just a narrative of especially in the western model the western medicine model of um the science being the ultimate truth and the only answer um Mm -hmm. and the more I could 
squish myself into that that's not to say I don't like I love research articles and I love Mm -hmm. knowing that we've you know we've got that as a tool but recognizing that that's still only part of the picture and yeah that we like the more I tried to squish myself into the like they being one way or the only way Mm. just really um, wasn't saving yeah yeah I've always had a problem with that too that there's like one cure for a certain illness or something like that, because our bodies are not the exact same. And I don't know if your journey included learning about like Ayurveda with, with the little, with the different, like, um, what do they call it? Something with a C. I can't remember right now, but yeah, the different. There's, there's Kapha, Vada, Pitta, and like the different, um, they call it something with a C, but I, I can't, I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I mean, we. I haven't with Ayurveda. I haven't gone into it fully, but I'm. I know it's like the different elements essentially. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and we all have like different uh, levels of those elements. Yeah. So, like yeah. taking one um, pill for I don't know. Let's say there's a pill for chicken pox, which I know that doesn't mm-hmm. exist, but just as an example, like someone who's yeah. like a kapha is going to react super different to mm-hmm. someone who's like mm-hmm. really strongly pitta because like they're internal body is just different like some of them have more fire some of them have more like of that like mass Ground, and like yeah. mucus and that groundingness mm-hmm. so like we're, we're all going to react differently mm-hmm. and I wonder too if like you felt <clears throat> like when you were in school for dietetics if you felt that like the information being given to you was maybe a little bit outdated <laughs> Yeah, and I think it was, it's again, just a classic, um, again, like it, it does, you know, because like when I was with intensive care units, so like it was such mm-hmm. a completely different narrative approach to, or norm, you know, for, mm-hmm. for most people, but that's when like people are being fed through tubes in various ways. So again, like it's, it's got its place, but it was, yeah. um, it was, is, you know the fact that I had PCOS and I didn't feel equipped or like turning to food wasn't my mm-hmm. first port of call just underscores it it it, it seemed well my experience of it at the time was that it was it was more of that um it wasn't as preventative as what we're doing now or not even yeah. as preventative. It wasn't, it didn't go as deep as, as mm-hmm. um, it was very surface level um, in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like there wasn't that view yet that food is medicine. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, even now with the whole food is medicine, it's, I'm also so mindful of it with a lot of women who've, who've journeyed in that way, the kind of guilt and shame mm. narrative that can come within that because they can then think, oh my God, if I have this ice cream, have I just undone two mm. years of work or, yeah. um, you know, is having this little exposure to this mm-hmm. sugar or whatever, or piece of glue, like a bit of gluten, um Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's walking that whole line of like knowing the power of food and the huge benefit of food um but again not being dogmatic around that to a point where the blame and shame of 
eating a certain thing mm-hmm. um outdoes the stress of that likely causes more um yeah has more of an impact than just having the food itself exactly mm-hmm. like um the also like the state of mind and what you're feeling as you're eating it like I believe that you digest those emotions and thoughts mm-hmm. as well with mm-hmm. your food mm-hmm. so like I I do have memories of like times where I've eaten like fast food for example And as I'm eating it, I'm like, my body is only choosing to absorb the nutrients in this food. If there are any, like (laughs) that's all my body's going to absorb and everything else she's going to let, let go of. But it's a hard, uh, it's a hard like loop to come out of. Um, I think maybe it's even harder, like for us as women, because there's just years and years of society telling us how we need to be, what our bodies need to look like. And like mm. eat this food, eat that food, stay away from fats. And like, yeah, yeah. Just- and it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's what we've been exposed to in our lifetime and like the lineage element as well, of like, mm-hmm. you know, dieting, especially in our parents' generation and, yeah. and even somewhat with, with grandparents. So it is, yeah, stepping out of that isn't just a, it's hard. Yeah, it can it can be. And again, you know, all all of this really comes back to for me, like when we're making these choices, that's what I work and walk with clients through is it's let's be in relationship with your body and let that be the cornerstone of what drives the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. It's so you, absolutely I will guide with the science, I will guide with the intuition, I will guide with your story and what's available um but at the end of the day it's it is being in that body relationship that's going to make those choices feel expansive and whole and nurturing um Mm -hmm. rather than that restrictive Mm fear-based starting points yeah so true because that that like restrictive fear-based side of dieting isn't sustainable first of all yeah yeah and it, and it's coming it's coming from a place again of like we're broken and we need to be fixed mm-hmm. and we've got to be a certain way in order to exist in this world mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's all those things of of and it, like you know being in a relationship with our body isn't um just diving straight into that self-love so like with PCOS and and with a lot of hormonal conditions or Mm-hmm. you know any kind of condition that we're dealing with ultimately often symptoms aren't pleasant and they're not you know they can be debilitating for some people and really uh, yeah just difficult mm-hmm. and being in relationship with our body isn't um ignoring that it's you know it's not bypassing that it's not going from that place to just okay well I need to think positively in order to get Mm -hmm. my period back or in order to have clear skin or in order to whatever and I can only think good thoughts towards my body it's not that bypassing it's it's really like okay let's give space for the anger and the disgust and the disappointment Mm -hmm. that those symptoms can bring about and from there like that's a truthful relationship and that's a trusting relationship if I see like if any human relationship where it's just rainbows and unicorns and like hold up mm-hmm. what's going on here yeah. it's the same with our bodies is it's like really being in that space of you know knowing and trusting that our bodies 
just as we might feel a certain way towards our bodies, our bodies equally are like, you know, we've just been told to diet or do this or move more, or eat less or whatever for our whole lives. And that's what you've been doing to us. And this is our way of communicating to you that it's not working. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, essentially moving through that and giving space for those emotions and those feelings so you can get to that place of reverence, respect, trust, and love love of full self love of you know it's not love of I only love you body when you don't have symptoms it's Mm. I love you exactly as you are in these different stages but that in itself is such a journey to you know get to yeah that's Mm. a powerful place to get to to like love your body exactly how it is right now exactly yeah Yeah. not changing anything and just being a holding space for however it is you're feeling and whatever's happening right now it is and it's you know it's still such a journey that I'm like there's just labels and layers and yeah at the beginning of the year yes time <laughs> the moment, I'm like, what even is it? I know the it's already almost year. made it's I know crazy. I know, I know. <laughs> um so in January you know on, on my on the palm of my hand I'd had um eczema psoriasis some skin condition that doctors were kind of like we don't know um going on and and it just flared like absolute crazy in in December to the point where I I was like feels like a stuffing dragons having battles on my hand it was it was really not pleasant and I, I could tell like every time I was eating it would get worse and that was kind of regardless of what I was eating and I know because of the work I do and whatever that they are therapeutic diets, not long-term diets that I would look into, but they are therapeutic diets that you can use to dampen that. But I was so resistant to doing it. I was like, mm. I don't want to do that right now. Like me as Lara, I was like, I'm not up for this right now. And um, but I but that's where the beauty of being in a relationship with my body was because then mm. I could say okay without being like body what's your you know I need a 10-step answer in two minutes I could just drop that question in of like what's our best what's your best next step what what mm. do you want and mm-hmm. just dropping that in daily and letting me arrive at or letting our bodies arrive at a decision and I got to, I think it was about two weeks later when my body was like, yep, this is the diet that we're going to do for now. And because it, I'd been in that dance and in that, that dynamic, it wasn't then this like, oh my goodness me, how am I going to do this? This is the worst. It was really expansive and wholesome and not like, um, it wasn't easy but it was easeful like I could I was in that place of like okay this like I feel like I can do it and because I'd been in conversation with my body I wasn't I I made it my own so Mm -hmm. I was like yes this is the guidance that the structure is giving me but I'm really coming back to let's review this every week and let's Mm -hmm. just keep going from there and see what happens so anyway I did that and then continued to be in conversation with my body of like, again, is this emotional? Is it physical? Is it spiritual? What, like, mm. what's driving this 
further. So it was initially um, physical as the food element. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, through addressing that, that gave space for me to then continue to be in that conversation and re- see there was also this emotional side and element to it. And that emotional side for me <clears throat> with that particular symptom was anger. And I was, I was like, there's just like, I've been working with anger for quite a few years now, but there was more there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that, that, yeah, gave space for me to see that. And again, so then I, you know, I was like, cool, what are we going to do here? So dance it out, invite anger to dinner, like literally <laughs> lay a space for anger at my dinner table with the flowers and the candles and make anger feel welcomed. And then just keep going for like just keep working with it um and got you know support therapy wise um mm-hmm. as well to just complete like let that metabolize where mm-hmm. it, I don't know where that anger was I can't pinpoint like oh, it was this event at this time on this day mm-hmm. that brought this anger up but it was there in my body and, yeah. and now for whatever reason January <laughs> was the time where it decided to come out um but and all of that to say like I could have viewed that and been like ah I just like let's get rid of it Mm -hmm. and yes I wanted it to stop but I was really willing to go into the invitation underneath that and again still be willing to see even with this hand that looked like I don't even know what it looked like at the time I quite (laughs) did not look pleasant um being in the place where I could truly love that that's mm-hmm. what my body like that was guidance from my body again another step to knowing my whole fullest truest self and that was all of me it wasn't like okay body I'll love you when the mm-hmm. symptom is gone it was being in that place of yeah so it was just like a little story of <laughs> of that in in lived reality of you know mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like what you told me when we had, we had a call before little connection Mm -hmm. call. Mm -hmm. And you told me something about approaching holistic wellness from this like space of like, I'm already whole. Mm -hmm. How, how did you like, so for example, the story you gave now really illustrates that you're embodying that because instead of being like, ah, let's get rid of this. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. You were just like body. What do you need? What do you want right now? What's your best next step? How did you get, how did you get to that place of feeling whole? Yeah, I think it was, it was part of the journey of when I first started with the functional medicine Mm -hmm. root cause approach, it was, I was doing all the food stuff. So I was like making all the changes to my, what I was eating and I was making all the changes to how I was living and I did that for, you know, it wasn't like two seconds and then it was over. I did that for a significant period of time. But I was only getting so far in seeing like it was either like symptoms would shift, but they wouldn't, it then wouldn't be sustainable. Okay. And like doing the things just didn't feel wholesome. It just kind of felt like ugh, that noise. <laughs> and, and then then it was through that that I just started getting more and more curious of like okay like those things are so powerful and so important and for some of my clients that's all they need um Mm. but for 
of majority, there's another side of it. And that for me was also what was going on was doing that. I was um, missing a piece or pieces of, of allowing things to shift further. And that's where the energetic and emotional elements came in. And that's where I just started recognizing, okay, like what's actually underneath this and what is this, what does this mean to me? Because there's a lot of like metaphysical mm-hmm. stuff you can read into of like what different symptoms mean to different people and or like what different symptoms mean according to whoever. Um, but I was just, I really just sat with it and I was like, what what is actually true? Yeah, you know, what what's truly going on for me? And I just like in conversation with the universe and life and God, myself, whatever. Um recognize that there was this like I was using worthiness as if it was something we could or couldn't have and my symptoms were were a gauge of of whether I was worthy or not Mm. um rather than like worthiness is not it's not on a scale like we all born worthy and and whole and and yeah so I think it was it was in the exploring of the emotional energetic side and seeing what a difference that made together with the other Mm -hmm. things that I was doing Mm -hmm. um that I just recognized that whole complete piece is essentially what we're all being invited into in different ways for some of us that symptoms other people it'll be it'll look different but I certainly believe life is wanting to know that that's who we are like we are our essence at our core and all these things are invitations if we're willing to reframe them so that's not you know a, a mm. disclaimer here that's not to say that we don't live in a world that's got systems in place that are unjust and oppressive and um, so I'm not I'm not um undermining any of those and recognizing those all are at play but certainly um outside of or not even outside of that even within that like the agency that we still do have if we're willing to look at um willing to reframe that things aren't happening to us they are truly happening for us in the least cliche way possible to say Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you moved away from just focusing on like what you're eating and the food part of it and got more curious about like, okay, I'm eating this, but how am I feeling? And what is my being like? And what is my energy like? And it sounds like that kind of brought you to the space of like mindfulness, essentially, where you like discovered more about yourself. And I think that's so important for like even having my younger self in mind, like I've been obsessed with nutrition since I was maybe like 14, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely like, it was just that and exercise. And there was no, there was like complete ignoring of like how I was feeling and like what emotions I was carrying around. Like that didn't come until I was in college. So um, it's very, I think it's so important to like, just repeat that that it's more than just what you eat that that you're more than what you eat you're more than the like physical side there's like an emotional and energetic to human beings as well and it all needs to be nourished you know and 
food is just one of the many ways we can nourish ourselves yeah yeah exactly exactly and I think yeah we often use it as a like we view our bodies because we've that's what we've been modeled often is Mm -hmm. things to control and fix and manage um yeah and we do that all cognitively and when we can actually be in our bodies and be like oh recognizing how emotions show up in our bodies recognizing how meals different meals make us feel or um Mm -hmm. you know that side of things like the everyday side of like how we eat and when we eat and how we actually feel as a result of food and how we actually feel as a result of not sleeping or how certain exercises make us feel having that kind of awareness. And then also the, yeah, exactly. As you say, like the emotional, uh, what that's, how that's playing into everything as well. Knowing that they impact each other too. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just things like, you know, the, the whole anger side for me for so long, I was like the good little girl who was just kind and lovely and like anger isn't something our society is like, sure, you know, mm-hmm. and go be angry. And it's it's knowing too that like angers, or those kind of bigger, scary emotions can be, we get scared of them because we're like, oh, how are they going to present? But they can be channeled in a way where, you know, you're not putting other people in danger or harming anyone yeah. else, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when it's like, childhood rage and now you're like an adult and you can hold a safe intentional space for you to express that like you could lock yourself in your bedroom get some pillows to punch and, like, <laughs> and scream into some screaming and yeah and like that yeah. definitely can be a channel for change and like yeah. I always feel like after an emotional or emotional and also like embodiment practice of like how we're feeling I feel like after that, it kind of leaves us clear to like intuitively receive Mm. what the next step is or Mm -hmm. even like intuitively receive some sort of like wisdom, you know, like, yeah, Yeah. completely. Cause it's, it's, it's clearing that space. So we no longer mm -hmm. like, yeah, Mm -hmm. obsessing or taking up energy and in that it's like, okay, here's a new Mm -hmm. canvas or keep painting on this one that just looks more beautiful whatever Mm -hmm. and and also um since we just mentioned like bringing in other elements of how they can support us I also want to bring up the fact that you're not on social media and seeing like how you how that's like helped your symptoms and like how you came to that conclusion and like how that's had a difference on your life and oh my god I feel like I'm asking so many questions at once but also like how you run your business without having social media Mm, mm, cool so yeah I I had it I don't know whenever we all got it um (laughs) and nearly more than a decade ago now right um and yeah with Instagram in particular I was just had a personal account and a business account and the the personal account I was just using again from that place of like let me prove and which I know a lot of us do and I know that's a lot of what social media is about but it was really that like continuous let me prove let me prove let me prove Mm um that I and then like from a business perspective, I just, 
ever like I just would constrict every time I even though a lot of what I was saying was fucking amazing I would still <laughs> just like compare and shrink and be like I will see someone else saying that and be like oh well that's exactly what I know and I do and so it was just a lot of like playing small and I was in a stage in my life as well there where there was a lot of shading that needed to happen mm-hmm. um and that that was keeping me or not allowing me to shade as fully as as I was was needing to and yeah I think I I think with the personal account I what did I I just made that decision I was like well let's just see I'll do it for a month and then just see Mm um and I just felt so good not being (laughs) on there and then with the business account I I recognized I I was like, I know this is a beautiful tool. I know it's a really, really powerful tool and it has that ability. But for me right now, I'm feeling like I need to do, you know, four hours of meditating and like intense, I don't know, get the biggest crystal I could find and whatever <laughs> before I went onto social media. And I was mm-hmm. like, this just doesn't make sense. And I am not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So let me lean into what I am actually enjoying. And I think, you know, there can be elements there where people are like, oh, well, are you just avoid it? Like the fear side of things, like, you know, moving out of your comfort zone and all that kind of stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, that has its place. But right now, like moving out of my comfort zone in social media does not feel like what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. But there are other places I can be moving out of my comfort zone. So I just recognized, actually, I really like my website was how most of my clients were coming through and um, okay. all of them pretty much at that point and um, so they're finding me all on google mm-hmm. um, which i would know from from the uh discovery call um questionnaires mm-hmm. um yeah so, so then I, and i and i love doing email so i'm like well let's just roll with that and see where we go and how you know what comes from there and so i had i mean this was a couple of years ago i think i stopped nearly a couple of years ago I stopped posting and clients just kept finding me and kept coming and like all I know through, that's all through the internet like through Google yeah all through Google blog. I mean it was it was okay. unusual to be honest mm-hmm. it's not like I wouldn't be a business coach being like do this because <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't I don't think it's normal um but I think it was like it was a gift to me to know that I would like in honoring my own needs, I would be supported mm-hmm. um, throughout. And that's exactly what happened. And so I had like, I had a couple of years of just being fully booked um, without being on social media and without being that active in, in other ways. Um, mm-hmm. And then that, that shifted, but that's again, been an invitation into creating your new offerings and really stepping into um what's fully lighting me up and mm-hmm. sharing those last layers of I've got to do things this way because that will make me worthy mm-hmm. yeah yeah does that answer enough questions yeah I'm I'm also curious um how do you how do you like get leads or like grow or make sure I don't want to say make sure because that sounds like manipulative. <laughs> How do you attract new clients to your business? 
that's the question. How do you attract new clients to your business? It was, it's largely been through um, email last year. Um, Mm -hmm. That's again shifted a bit now, but it will, it will come back to that. But email, like these are people already on your email list or you're sending? No, they would, they would. So I think my website just functions quite well Mm -hmm. in if certain terms are searched. So I've got someone who, okay. who helps me. So like SEO stuff, I'm guessing. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so I don't, I, not that much goes into that, to be honest, but it like I feature quite high um, mm-hmm. with SEO. So people come across my website quite with quite a lot of ease. And then on there, um, there's a, a freebie. Um, mm-hmm. that they then sign up okay for, which and then that the brings them to your email and then that's into okay them. yeah gotcha yeah so I, I, it's that and like I'm also I'm not after and I think that's what's so important for all of us in businesses is like I'm not after for me personally right now I'm not after thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of of people so I'm not after creating this mahusive um audience I'm more knowing because the business model previously was what just one-to-one support so that's all I would offer Mm -hmm. um I would only need a small number of clients to come in Mm -hmm. in order for me to be functioning as I wanted to business-wise that is shifting now Mm -hmm. new ways of um yeah like reviewing lead magnets and being on podcasts and various other things that are going to be helpful and supportive for for that but um for then it wasn't like it was so freeing for me to just recognize okay this is what I want and this is where I currently am now and this is what I need to do that rather than like have the blog have the podcast have the emails have Mm -hmm. the social media um when that wasn't actually true for what I needed and would allowing my business to really thrive because it was like I was hitting and I know it's not all about numbers but I was you know um what is it five five figure months pretty consistently mm-hmm. throughout so it was it was possible and I think again like it was honoring like just channeling energy where was most true for me to mm-hmm. show up as fully as I wanted to to serve clients Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for answering that that's very very helpful I think it's always always very helpful when we can simplify what we're doing because online there's so much noise of like start a Facebook group do this do that have be on Pinterest be on like be everywhere and it's just not I don't even yeah I don't have TikTok oh my gosh I I had one but (laughs) it's the platform is so addictive there was one day where I spent like four or five hours in a row on TikTok yeah Yeah, and then I was like I am deleting this right now and I I deleted my account deleted the app and I've never been on it since yeah yeah and I think it's also for ourselves you know we can again like I remember getting so frustrated and so judgy towards myself when I was like "Ah, I've just been on these things for 100 years Mm. and that we know you know that's what they're designed for so like yeah (laughs) we can't we can't we you know can sometimes if we are in states where we 
because that's what I kept recognizing. Like there were sometimes days where I could go on and be totally fine and be like, okay, these are all nourishing and these are accounts I would look at and blah, blah. And then other days where I, I wasn't, like I was mm-hmm. tired, I didn't sleep well, there was higher stress or whatever. Um, and I'd have a completely different approach to that or like a different experience of that. Um, yeah, and, and so again, like just giving myself grace and kindness and compassion for get you tired and also this thing is is made to make you stay here for as long as you possibly can. So both of those yeah. combined aren't really the most supportive, nourishing options, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anyone who has been listening, who's curious about working with you, what are you currently offering <laughs> and so where excited. can they find you? <laughs> um, so website is the best place. And then that'll take you straight to the email list. So the um, business I've got is marula so m-a-r-u-l-a wellness.com i'll put that in the show notes cool (laughs) um marula is a is a um fruit from southern african trees and it's a really really like highly nutritious fruit um and yeah there's a whole linking to you know being rooted where i'm from and and okay nourished from that so that's that's what marula is about that's beautiful and so yeah <laughs> i love it and um, so that marula wellness is is my website and in terms of offerings at the moment there's going to be literally within the next three to four weeks um it's, these offerings are going to be birthed <laughs> so i'm still doing one one to one so i'm shifting from the current offering to a new one called chocolate mousse and that's essentially um, really giving significant space to be in relationship with our bodies first. So I, I provide, I meet you where you're at in, in what you're current, like letting you be honest of what that looks like mm-hmm. um, and helping unpack that and helping bring in ritual and ceremony and practices that can help you move through that um, mm-hmm. and help you really be in that place of, reverence respects and love towards your body so placing your body front and center so that any changes we make going forward with regards to food and lifestyle are from that place and are anchored in that place mm-hmm. and not from that place of let's just make this all stop as, as fast as possible so that's chocolate mousse and um, i love the so, name <laughs> yeah i love excites me so much and um, <gasps> And then the more group experience or DIY rather, it will be group initially and then, and then move into DIY. And that's called Blooming Gold. And that's just, that's just focusing on the body relationship side of things to begin with. In time, what will happen is um, I'll provide guidance with food and lifestyle, mm-hmm. but everyone will start with Blooming Gold, um, which is, yeah, exactly what I say, body relationship. And, and giving you tools and a bit of a framework to, you know, because it's one thing to be like, oh, be in relationship with your body and have this trusting, respectful, reverent relationship. But what does that actually look like? Mm, um, so yeah. just giving framework where there's flexibility within that for, for you to create what that means for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. that's that. And then um, email will be the main form of communication for that in time there will also be a podcast but 
Ooh. that will that will be in time yeah yeah I also have a few questions that I like to ask at the end of every episode cool. yeah so the first one is what does self-love mean to you oh self-love it means for me it's it's an action mm. so it's giving it's it's knowing in your body what that looks like and feels like f- for me um so for yeah for us as individuals like what is that what's that definition and and what's that um what's most true for me and how can I act on that so it's 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 not just the uh inner work it's like what does that look like outwardly Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. and then uh finish this phrase the way to my heart is I'm just looking now superficially is flowers and chocolates <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, and candles another biggie there Ooh, I um, love candles. <laughs> yeah and emotionally it's letting me be witnessed mm. love that mm. and then when do you feel most alive Strangely, the thing that just came through was like waterfalls, which is bizarre Ooh. to me because I'm I'm not the biggest fan of water um, in, in that sense. But yeah, um, I just, I, as you asked that, I was taken back to a, a recent trip in Italy where we were at some hot springs. Um, and there are these beautiful cascading natural hot springs. And I was just sitting under one of them, like one of the cascading bits just being massaged by the water Ooh. and that just that memory came up so we're going with that that sounds wonderful as you were saying <laughs> it I was like picturing it in my mind <laughs> it was amazing yeah. also, we went, we, sorry I was gonna say we went at um, sunrise and at full moon because it was the Ooh, that same night oh so it was gosh. just yeah <laughs> wow yeah I was just gonna say there's a lot of energy in waterfalls too so there's yeah. like that aliveness okay. Yeah. within the water okay last question yeah. uh what is your favorite part about being a woman oh oh well, there's so much but I think I mean the two things are like my women heart connection and mm-hmm. like that that fullness of like leaning into um really being led by our hearts um, I know this is available to anyone, um, but that, yeah, that for me as a woman and, and my womb. And with my womb, I mean, there's so many elements there, but the like the picture I'm getting, my ovaries are just covered in flowers and releasing seeds and into, into the womb space is just this, yeah, gorgeous garden and whether that gets you know whatever that that looks like whether that seed gets fertilized or not (laughs) um just the aliveness of that yeah you know I have a friend who uh posted a picture of her baby once and she put in the caption like this is my womb fruit (laughs) (laughs) so cool (laughs) what you said made me think of that (laughs) yeah yeah thank you so much Laura this was a beautiful conversation oh 
thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful for your time and just your invitation. Thank yeah, you. You're so welcome. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at self-expressed babe. And that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.